Hey there, welcome to the Healthy Vibes Podcast. I'm Kelly Renato, and today I have a wonderful conversation and interview with Allie Flynn, who is from Hang In There Mama. She has created a huge following, encouraging moms and helping moms to stay connected to their teens in a healthy way while also learning during these hard years how and when to let go at the same time. We all know how hard the time is um, with our teenagers, and she helps remind us how to lead with our hearts, stay connected, and not take things too personal. So I know you're going to love this interview. So please um, listen in and enjoy. All right. Hey there, Allie. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to chat today. I know. I believe we have. Um, you're going to have so much good encouragement for my listeners because um, I hear a lot about the teenage years. I think um, we all become moms, and it's hard, whatever. But once we hit these teenage years, we're kind of like eyes wide open. What do we do now to not um, do the wrong thing? I guess and make sure we're doing the right thing. So tell me, I guess to start, just to tell me about yourself and um, your journey and what led you to encouraging moms through your writing because you do a great job of it. Oh, thank you. Well, prior to having my kids, I was a middle school English teacher and special education teacher. So I have always been around teenagers. Um, I primarily focused in seventh grade. And then I wound up having four daughters in three and a half years. So I wound up becoming a stay-at-home mom, not going back to work. Um, and then actually, you know, it's sort of one of those crazy COVID silver linings. I decided just one day, you know what? I really miss writing. I miss sort of engaging with people. And how can I do this? So that is really when Hang In There Mama began. And I just dove right into it and started my social media accounts and just trying to encourage moms. Um, who are primarily raising tweens and teens and college kids as best as we can. Um, you know, it's really hard sometimes. And I think as moms, we need to be encouraged because we can really get down on ourselves. Very easily. It's so easy to do, for sure, um, in all different seasons of motherhood. But the the teenage years are just so different because I feel like our kids are as I always say, they're so much closer to being adult than a kid. Yeah. So there's a whole new way of approaching them and connecting with them. Yeah. Um, so I guess um, my first question um, is just, and you and you have four girls, but I do believe um, I have a girl and a boy. And I believe the connection's different, but I also believe it's a personality thing. And I bet in your four girls, you have a lot of different personalities. Am I correct? Possibly. Oh, yes. We, you know what, with the four girls, there are so many different personalities, but even more so, I happen to have identical twins. Oh, and wow. even my identical twins, they are so different, right? They are so similar, but yet they are so different in each their own and how they just handle life and themselves and situations that come upon them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our house is definitely bustling with personalities, that's for sure. So funny. I grew up with identical twin brothers, and I would say the same. They're they're very different. They Everyone confuses them, but they, they do have different personalities and how they, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so interesting. So, so I guess as you're, um, when your kids, as you entered the teenage years, um, what would you feel like was the first thing that really made you realize, or how did you realize connection with them might be a little bit different? And, and how did you start connecting with them? That's such a good question. And I think, you know, for me, I was so excited for the teen years. Like I loved the newborn stage and toddlers and adolescence, but I wasn't scared of the teenage years. And I think a lot of that was also because of teaching and I saw my students and I knew what was coming. But I think for a lot of moms, it gets scary because they think that being a teen was like they're going back to their memories, right? And their past and maybe some things that they haven't healed from yet. But I also knew as we approach like the teen years, I had to change how I parented in certain elements, right? So yes, I always have everything rooted in love and guidance and acceptance, but I couldn't hear it the same way. I had to open up myself more. I had to treat them. I'm not saying like an adult at 12, 13, but the level of respect and just walking alongside them had to start to happen. Um, and I think that by doing that, it sort of opened up the doors of communication. It allowed my kids to know, like, I have their back. I stand with them. Um, you know, I think we're sort of caught in this whirlwind in our society, just in general, where teens are really shamed and they have a really bad reputation as being obnoxious and difficult and, you know, just these annoying humans for a certain amount of years. And I really try so hard to make it that we need to shift that because teenagers really if you give them the time and the attention, they are incredible human beings. They have so many profound thoughts and so many ideas. But I think sometimes parents and even just society, we sort of push those ideas down as if, well, they're not adults yet. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like there needs to be a shift in general. But as a parent, if you can make that shift and not be so scared about the teen years, and rather embrace it. And granted, there are days that are incredibly difficult, right? Because there's a lot of emotions, there's hormones, there's chemicals surging through their bodies. But if we can just step back and rather than engaging sometimes in a negative way with them, just step back and recognize sometimes there's a reason why, I think that can be really life-altering for your relationship. Absolutely. And you said so many things in there that I'm trying to, which I would like to go off on because I feel like the first thing you said is the stigma of the teen of what people think. And you even hear, I feel like parents say in front of their teen or, but respect is the big one. I, I would agree. I kept telling myself, I need to respect like who they are. And I think sometimes they're treated, they're still treated like kids, but almost expected to act like adult, adults like they think like we think they're supposed to be doing all these things right but we also still treat them like they're you know young sometimes so right. and our teens that's the, the right word way. right our teens are feeling that too they want to be still held and babied and coddled a little bit but 30 seconds later they want this like great amount of independence and freedom so they're sort of at these crossroads as well Right. Absolutely. So I, you're at the crossroads. We're at the crossroads. 
We just have to be in the crossroads together and then sort of guide through that path together. But I think for teenagers, they really, a lot of parents start to shy away from their teens because their teens start to maybe hibernate a little bit more in their room or not communicate as much. And parents then either take it personally or they just stop engaging with their teens. And really, in my opinion, it's the time to engage even more. You know, like I'll always say, my teenagers so often, they don't necessarily want to hang out with me all the time anymore, right? I went from being this like godly creature to them who mm-hmm. all wanted to do was be next to me all the time and hold my hand and touch me. And, and then it became like, mom, leave me alone. But I always try to not take it personally, right? And I would still engage with them. I would still invite them to do things with me. I would still tell them and show them that I wanted to be with them. But at the same time, respect their decision if they didn't want to spend time with me or they wanted the time alone in their room. Um, You know, now granted, there's certain times with like family parties or something like that, that, you know, there will be more of a demand of their time. But it's really trying to not take it personally, the changes that your kids are going through and just still hold on to them while also letting them explore that freedom and letting them go a little bit. Absolutely. You're, and you're so right. So you respect is such a big one, but not taking it personally is huge. And I feel like no matter how many times we can say that, it's still so easy to almost go down that road, right? Like, and I, and I guess that's a, a big one. So we can tell ourselves, don't take it personal, don't take it personal, don't take it personal. So what is it we can do or that do you think that, that helps us not to take it personal? Like what are some things maybe that we can do? Do you? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I take things personally all the time. I know me too. I say this and I do it both. Yeah. I say it, but I try to live it. But I do take things personally all the time. Um, I mean, even my kids just recently being hung for break, all of them are home together. And every day I felt like I took on something personally. And I I really had to just stop myself. I have to stop myself in those tracks because you go down that rabbit hole and then you just can't get out. Right. And yes. Me, I tend to be the person then that wants to go to my kid and talk through it ad nauseum and then they get more annoyed with me (laughs) or I keep it inside and then I don't sleep at night because I am just ruminating and perseverating on all of the thoughts and what occurred. So it's, you know, when my kids and I have an interaction, I very easily can take it personally, but I will step back and sometimes I will actually even say aloud in front of them. This has absolutely nothing to do with me. And that helped me. This nothing to do with me. Your response to me right now has nothing to do with me. And the more that I say that, the better I am able to like get through. But I'll tell you, I also then have to go because I'm a, a big communicator and I'll have to share with my husband for him to reassure me it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> you know, so... It's um, if we can just and granted, sometimes there are situations that completely fall onto us, right? That right. we parent are at fault. But I think a lot of times we do fall into this trap of blaming ourselves for everything. 
And a lot of times it really has nothing to do with you. It truly sometimes can just be the teen years and all of the stressors that our teens are facing, whether it's academically, socially, you know, things with their physical appearance, their emotional needs. There's a lot. Right. Well, and I'm, every single thing you said, I, I would be surprised if moms aren't like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I feel. Because I do feel it's so common. And I always say this to people, it's not just your teen. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you, and I always want to put them in the place, just like you said earlier, there's a new light that we can put teens in and don't get me wrong. Yes. There are days where you are, they can make you crazy. But like you said, in the beginning, focusing on some of those, um, focusing in a new way. And I guess, um, what are some ways, maybe some more specific ways that you do look at, like, you know, their, like you were saying, their ideas or their thoughts, or there's a lot of amazing things that come out of my teens if I just slow down and let them, like, give me their thoughts, right? right? Well, and that's true. And I think the big thing for, for teens is feeling connected, right? So for the moms, it's all about wanting to feel connected to your child. But our teens also want to feel connected to us, even on those days where they might sort of be pushing you away or giving you the stink eye. They still want to be connected to you mm-hmm. because the moment they don't feel connected to you is when they feel like you've sort of given up on them, right? And no one ever wants to feel that way, nor does any parent want their child to feel that way. So I think if we can focus more on simple ways that we can connect to our teens, it allows for a better relationship, right? And I'm talking simple. So how does a teen feel heard? Well, like you said, you sort of pause and you listen. And that is something like I have struggled with. But now my kids are old enough and they will say, you are not listening to me. Stop interrupting me. Because maybe sometimes I'm trying to fix it, right? Right. We can just pause and breathe and listen, whether it's listening to something really profound that they have to say, or maybe they're just, they need to vent and get off their chest all the gunk that's going on without interrupting, without offering advice right away. Absolutely. Connected to us. I also think, you know, it's so important to sort of, you know, we talk about when they were little. And how you have to change as they become teens, it's sort of, you know, that transition is entering their new world. And part of doing that and entering this new world of their teenage years is actively engaging in things that they like and their passions, not just when they were little, right? It was like, hey, today we're going to go to the zoo. Everyone just piled in the car and went to the zoo. Oh, we're going to go to the park today. Everyone just went together. But now they have their own ideas. They have their own path, their own journey. And we have to hop on that with them. And that then they feel connected there. It offers them time to teach us new things about themselves or, you know, maybe I don't play tennis and my child loves to play tennis. Hey, you want to go play tennis? Can you teach me? Or maybe I also play tennis and it becomes an activity you can do together. So it's like getting into their world even if you don't necessarily know how to do the activity or like the activity, 
Maybe you have a kid who loves gaming. Okay, I don't. If I had a son or a daughter who played Fortnite, I would have no idea what to do. Huh? I'll be honest with you. I would probably hop in there one day and be like, "Hey, I sort of want to learn how to play. Can you teach me?" And sort of engaging in that way, I think, gives them this sense of pride, but this connection with you. And I think a lot of times parents just say, you know what, my teen's just doing their own thing. I'm going to let them do it and not engage at all. Right. Because it's something something different than we're interested in or we thought they were going to be interested in or... Yeah, it's letting go of what we envisioned our kids to be, right? Exactly. And some of our kids, yeah, they're still following that path of what we thought. But other times our kids really derail off that path that we envisioned for them. And we have to still hop on that new path with them or else we're going to sever the connections. Exactly. And so within what you just said, the letting go, so... There, there is, and this is that balance every day or that I feel that I find because, and I always say that I'm a little late to the, the new season, the ball game, like you're still parenting like you were, but you got to change how you're parenting, but that letting go part of it. Cause I, I, the connecting is, is huge. And I love all of those things you just said, but there is a part of it as they're getting older of letting go and shoot and picking our battles or picking what we're control you know what I mean and Absolutely. and how and and how do we and we might not know but what is some advice I guess or thoughts on letting go as well like letting them know that you trust them and you're you know well I think it's one of the hardest parts of parenting in my opinion that I have experienced I think in the teenage years like you just said it's finding the balance of still remaining connected while also letting go it is so challenging on a daily basis, right? So I sort of looked at it. I try to make things super simple for myself. I don't dive right into like all the hard stuff at the beginning. So I, I remember thinking to myself, okay, you know, I have to let go of some of the control that I've been having as a parent, which again stems from when they were younger and how we raised them and allowing them to sort of explore themselves in the world on their own. But sometimes that's really scary. And that's the reason why parents hold on so tightly, right? Because we're scared, we're anxious, and we're worried about all the things that we know could go wrong. But the more we let our kids explore on their own and let go of that control, they are then able to evolve. They're able to become who they're meant to be. They're not just these mini-me's of the parent. And, you know, like something, one simple way And it, again, goes back to the respect, but it's simple. Hey, do you want to come to the store today? Like normally when they were younger, they'd hop right on it with me. Oh, you want to run errands or go somewhere? Well, maybe the answer is no. And it's saying, no, you know what? Today I'm going to go with my friends and we're going to go skiing, you know, for the day or whatever. They're going somewhere together. And even if that activity makes you a little bit nervous saying, okay, I trust you. I'm going to let you go, right? And allowing them to explore. I mean, it could be skiing. It could be heading into a city for the day. It could be going to a party. It could be anything. 
but it's not just initially saying no. And, you know, if you need to, you talk through it with your teen and say, this is really worrying me or this is giving me a little anxiety. Um, and let them sort of share with you what they expect their day to look like or their evening to look like. And then, you know, again, setting some boundaries, setting some ground rules, but allowing them that freedom and that flexibility. Um, but I think that letting go, it is so tricky for moms. And it's you, you just want everything is about safety. And when right. you think of letting go, you sort of feel like you're releasing some of that safety net. But it's so important to release the safety net a little bit because, you know, the main goal, like I have two kids in college now. So the main goal is that by the time they get to college, they have enough experiences on their own, under their belt, that they know how to take care of themselves, right? You need them to be able to take care of themselves and be that adult. So if we don't allow them that opportunity to explore themselves by us letting go, it's a disservice to them for the future. Yes. You know, so it's those simple things, not demanding going to everything that we do and expecting them to come with us, um, giving them the freedom to spend more time with their friends or have more alone time, um, allowing them to explore parties or activities that might scare you a little bit, but trusting that they are going to make a good decision, that you have taught them well. And you know what? If they get in a bind, you're still there that you can help them through it. But it's hard. It is right. It, you're not, right. Uh, you know, for the faint of heart. But those are good tips. And I agree. I always say I would like my kid to experience as many things possible while they're living under my roof. Yeah. Because then as they, you know, if something goes wrong or they need us, like you said, and um, and someone told me once, too, that um, she worked in education as well. And she said, as they become teenagers, she said, you want to let them start like um, taking risks, like small risks, and because they have it in them to want to do crazy, risky things. So every little bit of it kind of helps um, what would the word be? Tame that. So they don't, go, you know, if you hold them back and control them so much, then they're going to want to go like hog wild because they've never been able to experience that little bit of independence here and there and trust. Well, and I think also parents shy away from letting go because letting go, again, has like a, a terrible connotation to it. People think, oh, if you let go, they we're never going to get them back, right? Right. Like, letting go does not ever mean permanent it's temporary and it also doesn't mean severing all connections it's just allowing space yeah and some freedom and the flexibility right for them to learn and grow and evolve but we get trapped as parents into this like letting go means it's the end you know but we're also going back to like society right and the stigma of teens but also, we have been taught as parents in some warped way that, like, our job is done when our kids are 18 and head to college or head to the military or go wherever they go. Our job isn't done. So, like, letting go became so scary for parents because it they felt like then they weren't a parent anymore, right? And they're not a mom anymore. Well, you still are. And letting go 
does not mean ending that connection. You are just sort of opening up the doors for new opportunities for both you and your teen, but then you still come back together. So good. And I found when I control, tried to control more in that beginning when my oldest just became a teen, and I remember all the things you're saying, like, and the more I tried to still parent and control in the old way, yeah. you could tell our relationship struggled so much. And little by little, as I like let go and tried to walk the walk with them, like it just, it became like such a, it was, it was an exciting new like connection with my kid rather than what it was. And I think sometimes as parents, and it's what we just talked about, but we keep holding on and we keep controlling. And then we think it's terrible rather than if you take the steps, like you're saying, to start little by little letting go and following their path and connecting in a new way, it becomes like they're really like, like they're really fun to be around. Right. <laughs> like they're really enjoyable because they're a whole new like level of a kid and a new season of um, your relationship. So it can be fun. You know, and I think it's okay to say sometimes we fall back into the old way, right? In the old trap. But easily. Often, yeah. I mean, even last week I, I did it. You know, I do these things all the time wrong. And last week I wound up, I guess, I didn't realize I was doing it, but sort of trying to control one of my daughters with her time frame. And it was so silly, but it was like she wanted to go to the gym and work out at a certain time. But in my mind, because I was having anxiety about my two college girls leaving and our family time together, I was in like a little bit of a countdown mode. Um, one who's going and leaving to study abroad and one who's heading back to college. So all I wanted was everybody to be together on this one night and it was to make homemade pizzas. And in my mind, I had a certain time. And my daughter was like, oh, I signed up for a workout class. And I was like, well, just go to a different class. Oh, there isn't one. And we're going back and forth. I said, then go earlier, right? Like go to a diff, just don't even go to a class, just work out on your own. But she so much wanted to go to this class and she wasn't really budging and I wasn't budging and it became this battle. And I just finally, I said to myself, this is so silly. Like what, what's a half hour or 45 minutes, right? So that right. she's letting me now know how inflexible and controlling I'm being. And then I have to go back and say, you know what? It doesn't even matter. I'm being silly over this. We can still make our homemade pizzas and all be together 45 minutes later. Go enjoy your class. But it took me over an hour to really get there, to be quite honest, because it had nothing to do with her in the class. It had to do with my vision and what I wanted for my family. And I started to get stuck in it, and I needed to slowly get myself out of it in order to, to actually remain connected and in order to be able to have a nice evening with my family. So, you know, I think we we fall back so easily into the silliest of patterns, but it's just recognizing it and being able to change it and move forward. And that's and that is so good and that's such a good real example because how many times as parents do we get to that place and honestly, I'll do the exact same thing and I'm like, what are you even and and anxiety is a big one because that the anxiety and the fear and the whatever it is that's making me get nervous or anxious will take me down this crazy path. And I have to almost like 
give myself a minute, take some breaths and be like, what am I going crazy about? And walk mm-hmm. myself through ex- exactly what you just said. And it's okay as parents. I think that's the other thing. Sometimes when they're little, you control all this and you want to be this good parent. And in society today, there's all this pressure of how you're parenting and how your kid is. And it's okay to be like, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. That was stupid. <laughs> why, why am I arguing with you about this? Go, we'll see you when you get back. Good for you for working out. <laughs> exactly. Right. And rather than, but so often we can still get stuck and in that controlling. And Absolutely. when our teen also says, oh, wait, look, it's okay to be flexible. Mom's recognizing maybe she's being a little controlling right now. She's changing her way. So I always feel like, it's not necessarily letting your guard down or giving up. It's also no. sort of like a life lesson of sometimes we say things and then we take it back and say, you know what, I'm going to change my mind. But, you know, the whole thing about, you know, parents and, and moms, I think especially feel, you know, sometimes like, all right, I'm down this rabbit hole, but how do I change it? And And I think that you have to sometimes put your pride aside and your ego aside and just say to yourself, I am here to parent my child and my teenager. I'm not here to parent the next door neighbor or anyone down the street or in our school. I have to do what is meant for my family and my children. And I can't worry about what anyone else is doing. And I can't compare myself to them. And I can't you know, I'm not, you, you sort of have to make a vow to yourself. Like, I'm not going to go on social media and compare my life to what people are posting because as we know, it's it's always just the positive. We don't see what's behind closed doors. And, but we're in this trap where we compare and compare and compare. And it's in those moments when we need to make a change, even as silly as the dinner conversation with my daughter in the gym, it's, a change that I need to make for my family without thinking, well, is someone else going to think I'm weak that I back down? No, you're doing good for your family. Exactly. I I, I absolutely agree with all of what you said. And those are such good points because um, we have to focus on under our roof and what we believe in our values. And sometimes, and then you have the you and your husband thing, and that can get lost in it too, because they come in and go, well, why are you changing your mind? But it's that whole like, it's really not a big deal and putting your pride aside to be like, you know what? I looked at it again. I thought about it differently. And so that's a, such a, a good point. I mean, I, there's another example I have of, um, and also it's really being honest with your kids and letting yeah. them see your vulnerabilities and how raw and honest you can be because, you know, we are human. And sometimes as moms, we forget that. And we need to also show our kids that we're human. But I remember there's one of my daughters, um, it was when my twins first started driving. So this is actually number three and four who started to drive. You'd think I'd be used to it by now. (laughs) I wasn't. And I happened to be traveling, I think, with one of my college girls doing something. And it was the first weekend my twins were driving. So granted, I'm like nervous as anything. They happened to, at that point, they were staying at my parents' house who lived near me, and my daughter wanted to go somewhere, but let's, it it was like a half-hour drive on a lot of back roads, you know, windy back roads, and I was like, no, I don't want you going, 
And she, so she puts up a fight, right? Because she wants to go to this place. And I really, one of those moments where I just planted my feet and just kept saying, no, 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 no. And now she's upset. We're texting back and forth. And it's taking away my time with my college girls. I'm visiting. My daughter's upset. My other one's upset. And after, you know, like a half hour or so, I sort of sat back and I said, what am I doing? Right? Like, okay, she's a new driver. She's not asking to drive at midnight in the dark on these back roads. She's asking to go at like two in the afternoon. She knows what she's doing. My parents are there. We have cell phones, right? We also have like AAA if anything happens. And what is making me act like this? And I finally called my daughter. I said, you know what? You can go. I said, I am so sorry. This is just, I'm very anxious. But I have to realize that like, you're going to be okay. And I can't let my anxiety hold you back. And very quickly, she hung up the phone. She's like, okay, bye. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) It's letting them into our world of like, you know what? Sometimes my reasoning isn't so logical and I have to work through it and just being honest with them about it. Which I like that too. And I always, exact, especially at this age, just being honest with them and talking truth with them. But also there's that, um, I feel like they have to start making those decisions, right? And that's a lot of times with with my oldest who drives and all of that. Like we, I went through all of that in the beginning too, where, who could ride, blah, 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 back and forth. And finally, I was like, I got to I got to let him make some decisions. Like I can't keep like if he thinks that he can do this and he feels strong, you know, that I'm going to let him. And same, I thought the same. There's cell phones. There's been a day, right? And um, so I know these are, I can. Because I'm not, again, goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It allows for a better connection, right? So we're letting go. It's scary. We let them know we're a little scared, right? Like. Mom's scared. We, I'm worried. And I want you to know I'm a little worried and I'm scared, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. And I always feel that by being honest with them, they then feel respected, but they also feel like, wow, they have some faith in me, right? My parents trust me. And that's a big thing, right? If you feel that as a teenager that your parents don't trust you, that's a really hard pill to swallow. Right. So by letting them go, even though we're a little worried, we are saying we trust you. You have a good head on your shoulders, you know, so I think it it comes all full circle. Right. The letting go and the treating more like an adult alongside of them allows them to feel more connected and more appreciated and that they are being raised in a house with people who trust them and who really value them and their opinion. So I think it, you know, it is, it's tricky at times. That is for sure. And it it is not easy. And I think it's something that daily I work on and I have to put effort into. But in the long run, I think it just makes for holistically a better, um, a better connection with our teenagers that then leads into a better connection as adults. I completely agree. And I think like you just said, I always feel like 
when I do allow them to make that decision or the trust, like we, your two examples were just saying, you almost can feel, I can feel the relationship right there, like like a whole new foundation being built. Like I can tell, like they look back at me, like, especially my oldest, like, okay, she really right. trusts me now. You know, it's, yeah. it's evolved. Like I, you know, there were things when it first started that I said, like when they started driving, absolutely not. And yep. I'm, but now like, and it, I, it's, it's, it's really like empowering to see as a parent, I guess you move forward and you're like, now I'm saying yes to something I said no to and he can feel it. And he's like, yeah. wow. Okay. And yeah, so- I agree with you. I, I totally can feel those moments also. Um, they often happen in my kitchen um, where all of a sudden there'll be just a turn, a turn of events, a, a turn of my answer. And it's just this door is opening. And you see sort of like this light in your kid, right? Yes, I it's do. It's really incredible to see. Um, you know, and one thing, it's funny. I find myself repeating this phrase often because I have two girls. My twins are seniors. And I know you have a senior. And oftentimes, right, I'll want to say, uh, I don't know if I really want you doing that. And now this is what I say to myself. So I don't know if it'll help anybody else. I say, hmm, before I even answer my kids, I silently will say, well, in about seven months, they're going to be living on their own in a college dorm. I will have no say then, right? So is what they're asking for really that big of a deal? No. Okay. And that is how I try to now, I'm like parenting, that has evolved, right? I'm parenting them differently. You know, yes, I still have rules in my house. I still have boundaries, but I often now will say, okay, well, you know what? In seven months, I'm not going to be there. They're going to have to make these decisions on their own. They're not going to be asking me this question. They're just going to be doing. Well, and I do, yes, I do something very similar. I think the exact same thing because I have a senior and an 18 year old. So I think the same. It's, it's that whole, like, they're going to make this anyway. So I approach it sometimes. And you said this in the beginning, I think, in something you said. I always think now in this stage of my parenting is like guiding them and uh, supporting them and loving them. But guiding is my big word. So, like, when something does come up, I'll kind of, like, try to talk through the options with them. And I'll be like, listen, you could do this or that. And there's this or that. But I'm going to let you decide. Like, I think it'd be good if you do this, but it's okay if you do that. Like, I, I try to do that to, and then put it back, like, in his court. Yeah. Um, but even the the building, like we were saying, like, you can feel it in them. I also feel it in myself, and on all honesty, every time I let them take the reins, not that letting go is ever easy, but it's helped me. Like, my letting go, I feel stronger in that sense, I guess. Like, the next mm-hmm. choice like I can remember my first letting go choices and I felt like anxiety ridden, scared. And, and then little by little, I feel like, and of course the next one is going to be a whole different ball game. But with the first one, I feel like I can do it better now because I've let him and he's shown me, you know, that he can be trusted. And so the next one, you know, so so leading, so all of this parenting is so good. Let me let me switch a little bit because I feel like this is um, something I've struggled with because I, I homeschooled both my kids. 
Um, I brought my I, same thing. I worked and then I brought myself home and I've always done a little bit of writing and my own thing. But my life has been fully in my kids. Like, like I always said to myself, I know that this is going to go fast and I don't ever want to look back and think I didn't have every moment and give all that I got. But I also see, and I saw this in my mom as well, because she was home with us at some point, like without like ignoring them or, you know, not spending still time with them because I still have one home. Like I knew I had to start finding my own self again. Yeah. And, and how, how do you, how have you done that? Cause yours are even older than me and I know it helps me yeah. doing things that I, you know, this is something that I think is such an extreme pain point for so many moms oh. in a struggle. Um, I dealt with it for a really long time, finding this balance. I still sometimes struggle with it, but I think I have found a better place for myself now. But, you know, I think as moms, like you said, we just put everything into our kids, whether we are a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, a single mom, mom with, you know, a partner, we give it all to the point that oftentimes it's even just self-sabotaging, right? <laughs> and, I mean, I I used to say to myself when I was a young mom with young kids, I just will do everything for them because I never want a life of regrets. Yes, me too. At some point, that starts to eat away at somebody, right? I was putting too much pressure on myself um, and not pressure to be perfect, but just this pressure to always be this very present mom, which therefore meant I disengaged from myself and I did nothing for myself. So, you know, I sort of lived that life for a really long time. Um, and then I realized, I guess when my kids were in elementary school, like upper elementary school, I was like, you know what? I also felt like I had no time. Um but I had to sort of sneak in the moments for myself to make myself more emotionally healthy because I don't want to say I started to get resentful of being home. Um, you know, I did choose to leave my career, but I started to get resentful, not about being home, but about that I wasn't, I was resentful of myself, really, that I wasn't giving myself enough time and I was putting all of my time into my kids. So like for me, one of my passions is I really love to go on runs and love running. So I started to carve out some time to run. And I really did it in like two ways. I would wake up super early in the morning before my kids even woke up for school. And I would go on a run while my husband was home showering and getting ready for work. And I literally would walk in from my run and he would leave for work. Okay. But then I was able to like wake up the kids, get them started, start the day. Or with my mom living nearby, I would even have her come over and, you know, watch the girls play with them. And I would go on like a half hour run by myself. So I slowly started to incorporate things that way. But then I realized still, okay, a half hour run, you know what? That's just really, it's not enough. And then I realized it's not so much about, time. I don't eat hours of time, but maybe it's just finding what gives me some peace of mind and clears my heart a little bit and allows me to have some reflection. 
maybe it's really making myself a cup of tea and just sitting outside for even five minutes, right? Or sometimes it could just be as simple as taking a, a few walks up and down your driveway. Um, but I think the more that moms can invest in this as young moms, then they do it from the beginning. You're not going to lose yourself as much. But I find a lot of moms reach out to me, and I've written a lot about this. And a lot of moms who have older kids reach out to me and say, like, how did you do it? Right? How did you find yourself again? Um, because I am so lost. And I know exactly how you feel. I started to feel like I was a shell of a person. I had nothing else to offer. I felt like there was a time where I had nothing even to offer my children because I was like sucked dry. And there was one day and it was it was like a breaking point. And I was home alone in my house and I sat at my kitchen table and I took out a piece of paper. And this is what I, when anyone messages me, this is exactly how I tell people I started on the path of finding myself again. And I folded a piece of paper in half and I drew a line down the middle and I made two columns. And on the left side, I wrote all of the things. And I mean, I had like a list of 15, 17 items, all of the things that I've let go of. So maybe at the time, let's just say I could write down running, reading, writing, spending time with friends, um, taking time for myself without feeling guilty, right? And I, But I would give very specific things. And then the other column, I wrote down a list of what can I do to start to incorporate some of these things back into my life? So let's say with running, you know, go on a run two to three times a week by myself. Wake up five minutes early or 10 minutes earlier before the kids and just either meditate, have self-reflection, make myself a cup of coffee and drink it alone, not meet up with a friend for dinner once a month. And I try to find the things that brought me joy and then write it out on a piece of paper. And then I sort of took that piece of paper and I knew what I had to do, but I still wasn't ready because I felt still that pull and like that guilt of, well, if I do this, I'm not with my kids as much. Or if I do this, then what does that mean? I don't love my kids as much. And I started, you know, self-sabotaging. And so I took this piece of paper and I put it in my drawer in my closet. <sighs> and for about three months, it sat there. And I just kept living my life feeling really worn out, really sucked dry, trying to give everything to my kids, but feeling sort of miserable. And then one day, I don't know why, it was, I opened up that drawer and I saw this piece of paper and I opened it up again and I read it again. And that day, and it this happened to be when I reread the paper during COVID. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. And for me, a big passion has always been writing. And that was the day I decided to start my Hanging Their Mama page. And that was when a way that I slowly started to find myself again. And how I started to find myself again was I was doing a passion that I loved, which was writing. I was communicating with people. I felt like 
I was, my goal was to give to other moms what I wanted to hear so desperately that I wasn't, you're not alone. Being a mom is hard, right? All those things I wanted someone to tell me, I started writing down to encourage other moms. So then I was giving, I felt like I was teaching again in a different format. And that was how I transformed back to being my vibrant self who didn't feel sucked dry. But I think if people can find just one little thing, you are still loving your kids. You are still giving them your all, but you also have to give something to yourself. You have to fulfill your needs and it is not selfish. That's, I love, I love that story and it's such good advice. I can relate to your story. Our stories are actually kind of similar as to how I start. I felt the same way and started writing and do it, you know, exercising. And I just love though, that that's exactly what I tell my followers as well is the simple choices. Like just start, because I think when you get that, like you said, the five minutes outside or the five minutes earlier in the morning, once you get a little taste of it, your heart and soul almost knows that you need a little bit more. Yeah. So when you when you start a little, then it's just little by little by little. And and really, it's good for your kids to see too. And that was what, what I kept telling myself right. was that I needed my kids to see me taking care of myself. Because if I wasn't, like that wasn't good for them to see either. Whenever I, I feel myself doing the things I shouldn't be or not, I always think of that way, like the example I'm showing to them, like, what do I want to show them? Right. Well, and I think when it's hard, you know, when, when they're younger, when my kids were young, again, I had four kids in three and a half years. So I felt like I was barely breathing. I did not have yeah. a spare moment. I didn't have a babysitter. You know, my mom was here to help me, but not all the time. So it also became like, well, how am I supposed to do anything for myself? Because somebody always needs me. Somebody's always with me. Someone's, someone always needs me to do something for them. But if I had to go back in time, it would have been, you know, not necessarily wake up five minutes earlier because I was already already awake at 536 in the morning. How much earlier was supposed to wake up? But maybe when they're down for a nap, right, if they were all I, I was lucky that a lot of my kids napped at the same time to take the five, 10 minutes then. Don't go put on the load of laundry. Don't start making dinner. Don't start reorganizing something. You can do that a little bit later in their nap time when you still have that free time. But take the first five, 10 minutes to reflect, read, meditate, open up the door for f some fresh air. Do something that fulfills your needs. Yeah. Then you can move on to the laundry. The laundry is always going to be there. It can wait five minutes, right? But Absolutely. I lived in a cycle where I didn't allow myself to do that. And then it did allow my, as they got older, again, they're at school more. No one's hanging on me as often. It became easier to find that time. And even, you know, a lot of my friends are full-time working moms. And I'll, they'll always say to me, I have no time. Like, I wake up in the morning. I get my kids to school. I work all day. I come home. I have dinner, homework, act, driving activities, blah, 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 right? Like the thousand things right. want on your list. So I've started to say to some of my friends, you know what? On your car ride home or on your train ride home, 
turn off the noise. Like just drive in silence and think and reflect and take the time. Don't listen to talk radio the whole time. Don't listen to podcasts. Don't listen to any music. Just take 10 minutes of quiet time. Or pop in some meditation music, right? Slow, deep breath music, something that fulfills you. Um, because then you can refresh and restart yourself because now you're going to walk in the door and you have a whole new job awaiting you. You know, my husband even has an hour-long commute and he always listens to talk radio. And I, I started to say to him, just turn the radio off, right? Like 15, 20 minutes before you get home, turn the radio off and just drive in silence before you enter the house. Just like reset yourself. But, you know, so I think it's, it's finding the reflection time also, because when you're doing those things for yourself, you're also naturally reflecting on things that have gone wrong, things that you're really excelling at as a parent, and how you can keep moving forward. So, you know, just it's hard to find that time at first. But like you said, once you do it, you are going to feel the need to do it daily or almost daily because you're going to feel so much fuller emotionally. Yeah, such a good tip. And I love the quiet time because you're right. We can say do all these things, but just finding quiet time in itself to turn off all the noise in the world is so good for our mind. Just yeah. find some quiet and you're right. Like I, I find myself driving in silence um, now. Sometimes <laughs> when I get in the car, I just, I drive off and the silence is almost, I go to put something on and then I'm like, the silence is actually, it's just calming, which yeah. is what we all need. Right. So it's funny. a lot of moms will say, and I agree with them, I'm the same way. Like I do my best sense of reflection and thinking while I'm driving in the car or while I'm in the shower. Right. You know, it's just, and it could be, you know, everyone's different, but it's finding that place for you. Where there's no distraction, no noise. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially during the teenage years, when you have teenagers, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of big topics that can come your way. There's a lot of challenges that come your way. You know, you might have great kids, but there are always challenges, right? And you need that time to be able to sort for yourself, how do I get through this challenge and help my kid through the challenge, right? Because we don't just have everything on, you know, we don't have this tool belt of like, you know, knowledge. We have to think through. Um, and I think because we have all these challenges that come our way, it's it's so important to to find some of that time. And I think creating that quiet time, like you're saying, is giving us, you know, the space and it really helps us parent better too. Like you kind of what you were just saying, like giving ourselves that quiet and that clarity and that space helps us think through all of the things we've talked about during this time. Like it helps you make better decisions sometimes. Right. Because sometimes we just make this decision. Our kid asks us and we have so many things coming at us and we're like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not good. And then you get the space and you're like, wait a minute. What, 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 what was I just answering? All um, right. So before, before we wrap this up, I, let me ask you one more thing, though. Um, we talked about all those examples and situations. Are there things that, that you try to do with your 
kids to stay connected? Like, do you have any, um, I don't know, habits or daily things or things that you do with them? Yeah. I, I, or even as they became teenagers, because I know yours are a little older, anything? You know, I I think it's really important. That's such an important question, because I think a lot of times moms don't necessarily know how to stay connected, right? Because like we talked about before, sometimes there's that push and pull of do they want to be with us? Do they not want to be with us? We're, we're letting go, but how do we stay connected? And the one thing that I have learned is the simpler, the better. Yes. It doesn't have to be anything big, right? So it sounds so silly, but sometimes like one of my daughters, she loves to sit on the couch with me and show me funny TikTok videos. And I'm not on TikTok, but she will sit with me and we will just laugh sometimes for a half hour over all these videos that she's showing me. And that is a way of being connected. I'm sort of going into her world, right? I have another daughter who, and I've said this before, you know, in other podcasts and things, she loves to go to CVS. And that's sort of our thing. We hop in the car and we go to get like new shampoo or soap or toothbrushes, Q-tips, right? But it's a 10-minute drive. And what, what do we do? Sometimes we just blast music and sing. Other times she starts talking to me about things that she hasn't brought up at home. And then we go to CVS, we do our little shopping, and then back in the car, another 10 minutes, so that's 20 minutes of talking, she's opening up again. And now I'm hearing other stories, right? And things that haven't I haven't heard previously. So it's those simple things. Or I will always, no matter what I am doing, I will always send out an invitation to my kids and ask them if they want to join me. Whether it's I'm going to get a cup of coffee or I'm going on a quick walk, Anything that I am doing, I will invite them. Um, and a lot of times the answer is no, but they still feel invited. Um, another thing that I try to do is, and this is throughout all of their upbringing, I really try to have family dinners. And it's not every night my kids are active in sports. But even if you're not, at one point it was six of us, even if all six of us were not sitting together, even if somebody had, you know, to get to dance at one time and volleyball at another time, even if we weren't at the table and it was 4.30 and they were eating dinner or three of them were eating dinner, I would still sit or stand with them to talk and engage. I wouldn't just walk out of the room. So I think it's just establishing routines like maybe dinner or maybe it's breakfast or a lot of times like on a Sunday, I know no one's busy in the morning. I'll make a big breakfast for all of us to sort of regroup. Um, I'm big on trying to to sort of rekindle connection because during the week, a lot of times it's lost due to school and all the hours at school and volunteer work and activities and sports. So I just try to do the simple things because I know the big things oftentimes are nearly impossible to do. Um, just time management wise, but also financially. And I think that, you know, our kids don't require a lot from us. They want our undivided attention. They want our love. They want to feel, feel listened to. 
they want to feel that they're respected and needed and wanted in our home. And, you know, just to sit on the couch and binge watch a TV show with them, it seems like nothing, but it means everything to them. Exactly. So I agree with you more. Those are great, great, great tips, I feel like. Um, and it's the simple things. I li- love that you keep saying that because I do think sometimes we can we can miss it as a parent if we're busy. I can't go to CVS right now or, you know, I, I can't sit and watch a TV show. But right. like, if you change how you're looking. Yes, you're right. Like, sometimes my daughter will say, oh, do you want to watch, you know, a show right now? But I'm in the middle of making dinner. And I'll say, you know what? I do. Let me finish this. You get started. I'll meet you in there. Right. Right. So it's trying to find that balance of like, I still have to complete my task because I have a responsibility to do. But what you're asking me, I am still going to validate and I'm going to give to you the time. But I'm going to be honest with you. I can't do it right this moment. Or other times, you know what? I'm about to make dinner. I'm not in the middle of it. Yeah, I can make dinner in a half hour. Let's watch that show real quick. Right. But it's it's stepping back for a moment, you know, um, or even sometimes emotionally, maybe I'm just worn out and exhausted and I don't want to really go to CVS or do something, right? Or I don't really want to go on a walk. So what I have found is rather than saying no, I'll just say, oh, can you give me like 10, 15 minutes or can you give me 30 minutes? And I'll have to go like get myself together, regroup myself, do what I need to do for my needs and then be able to go spend time. Exactly. I like that, though. And the, you know, always give them an uh, giving them an invitation, like you said. Um, I love how you said that because that's so true. And you get a lot of no's because I get a lot of no's. But I will say. And don't take it personally. If you get right, don't take it personally. Don't give up. And tomorrow, invite them again to do something. And you might be told no again. But then you keep inviting because maybe one day they're going to surprise you and be like, yeah, I'll go. And that's exactly, I feel like, what happened recently with me because I feel like I invite them to go on walks with the dogs or, you know, into the store. I get lots, I get a lot of no's from my, um, 14 but my 18 year old surprised me the other day and I said I'm going to go on a walk jog with the dogs do you want to go and he sat there a second and he said yeah I'll go give me a second and I was like wow I've gotten a lot of no's but I just got a yes how fast did you get your your sneakers on (laughs) oh I was ready (laughs) absolutely and it was very nice but you're right like keep sending the invitations I like that keep sending the invitations and don't take it personal because it's not just you. It is, you know, it's just not it's about the time. I agree. It's not about us. And that's oh, so, so, so much good, good advice today. I can't even, um, I thank you. And I feel like you've made all of us feel like it's not just us. This mm-hmm. is, this is that season. Um, you gave us great ways to respond to what's going on because I know we're all experiencing all of it, not taking it personal you know, helping them to, you know, start trusting them, changing your mind if you want, you know, be, you know, finding some humility and putting our pride aside, like so much good stuff. Um, So before we wrap it up, though, um, is there anything that you have upcoming? First of all, where can we find you? Um, Can you tell us? 
Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Hang In There Mama. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. I also have a website. Everything is under Hang In There Mama. Um, on Instagram, you can also join my free broadcast channel where every day or every other day, I sort of send out words of encouragement and inspiration in the morning. It sort of comes up as a text. Um, so that's always a nice way to start your day. Um, I do have very shortly, it will be um, ready for sale. I have a 30-day journal for moms who are raising tweens, teens, and um young adults. And it's a 30-day journal that's filled with words of affirmations. It has a quote and a reflection area. Um, it is definitely not something meant to stress anyone out. It's sort of at your own pace when you want to do it, how much time you want to invest in it. So right now I am taking um, pre-orders and I, I'll have a pre-order email going out shortly. So if anyone wants to sign up, you can just DM me on Instagram or Facebook and just send me your name and your email and I can get you on that list. But I have a lot of fun things coming up. I mean, I also I'm doing a speaking engagement in North Carolina in November um, with the topic of how to remain connected or reconnect with your teen as well as how to reconnect with yourself. Um, and it's a three-day weekend retreat. Um, and I'm also working on a book proposal. So fingers crossed, a publishing house takes on my book proposal. So lots of advice coming. I'm, I'm really, I am so blessed to be able to do this each day. And I just have a lot of fun with it. And every day, you know, I'm able to feel just such passion towards other moms. And, you know, for me also, it allows me to not feel as alone, you know, and I know other moms are going through the same stuff that I'm going through. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I, I love to hear about what you have coming up. That's so exciting. Can they also get on, like go to your website and get on your list as well? Or can they to get yeah. the email so you can, okay. So social media or your website. And, um, I do want to say that I love your, um, I think I told you this off before we started recording, but I love your feed. I'm so picky about who I follow and I spend very little time. I'm super like disciplined with my social media time, but I love your posts. They're encouraging. They're relatable. They just, they make me pause and think they're, I, and I follow you on both. I followed you on Facebook for a while, I think, but, um, Instagram as well. So I like to hear about your broadcast as well. So that's great. So hang in there, mama.com, right? Yes. Okay. And social media pages, hang in there, mama. Okay. Um, well, those are exciting things coming this year. November, where did you say that is? What is that with us? So it's a retreat in Boone, North Carolina, and it's a three day retreat. It is going to be so much fun. I mean, you have an opportunity where we have um, sort of sessions together to talk um, and, you know, sort of work through things, um, whether it's through journaling or, um, you know, just really a lot of like open conversation. And but then you also have opportunities for hiking and yoga and meditation um, and just really a weekend of sort of 
regrouping and regrounding yourself. Sounds wonderful. So what is it called? Is it having, is there a name? So, so it's at the art, the art of living in Boone, North Carolina. Okay. So that's great. I'll put all of that in our um, show notes too. So everyone can, can find all that. Oh, yeah, I can um, send you the links as well, if that's helpful. That would be great. Absolutely. Yes. Um, well, Allie, thank you. I pre I took more of your time than I even planned to, but I feel like I could keep talking to you and maybe one day I'll have you back, but you've been, this was a great conversation and um, I just thank you for your time. I just, I know how valuable it is and I appreciate you giving us so much of your time today. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. I mean, I love talking about teens and how we can support moms as best as we can. So thank you for all your kind words. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing this time with me today. I am grateful you are here. And if you have anyone that you feel could also benefit from this encouragement, please share it with them today. You can also add a quick review on iTunes, which would mean the world to me and help me just to make this better for each and every one of you out there. I will be here each week, so please be sure to subscribe to the podcast or join me at kellyrenato.com to get the latest episode and more tools to help you on your journey. To feel your best and enjoy every single day exactly where you are. I would love to have you join my journey and let's all add good, healthy vibes anywhere we can every single day. Enjoy your week and embrace the season you're in. And I look forward to next week. Take care. Bye-bye.